This is Jason Holleran. I proudly served for 33 years, culminating as the Deputy Commandant at West Point. Put this on your calendar. World War II weekend inside Old Bethpage Village Restoration on Long Island. Scores of operational vintage armor in formation May 18th and 19th. Nassau County Executive Bruce Blakeman invites you to join him in saluting America's greatest generation and all those who have worn the uniform in defense of our freedoms. That's May 18th and 19th, presented by the Museum of American Armor. Oh, yesterday night. Oh, what a boring Democratic gubernatorial debate. You had Jumani Williams on the far, far left. You have... Swazi on the far, far right. And then you had crime wave Kathy Holcomb. I call her Holcomb because she's full of nonsense. And I mean, the complete thing was boring for now until I could have heard Wiz Khalifa singing bake sale, rapping bake sale in the background, doing puff, puff, pass. All of a sudden, the moderator asked the question that's on everybody's minds. That really blew their minds, the three running for governor. He said, you know, with the uh, recreational use of marijuana legal. A lot of people are complaining that when they're walking in the streets, people are vaping, people are smoking their blunts, their spliffs, and that they're having to uh, uh, ingest secondary smoke, which is a uh, real pain since there's like a purple haze over so many areas. So naturally, this was not a question that the candidates were expecting. So Tom Swazi, he like, oh, you know, oh, you know, well, we'll treat it the same way we treat it as an open container law. You can't drink in public. Hey, schmuck, putz, where have you been? People do everything in public nowadays. There's no, there's no, uh, no tolerance. Uh, there's complete tolerance for all kinds of behavior. Then, of course, Jumani Williams, who I thought would have been singing one of the Bob Marley songs since he's to the far, far left and probably has smoked enough marijuana in his life he said exactly the same thing. It's like, come on, guy. You've never said that before. You're trying to be politically correct. And then, of course, there's crime wave Kathy Holcomb. And look at it, right? Look at her. That's right. Look at her. Which way did she go? Oh, wait a second. Why is she wearing shades? Maybe she was like, puff, puff, pass, right? Anyway, this woman who wouldn't know the smell of marijuana if it hit her in the face, if all of a sudden she was being shotgunned by somebody in the executive mansion, all of a sudden she said the very same thing. She goes, we have to do a PSA educational campaign. You're telling me that somebody out on their lunch break who's vaping or smoking a blunt, uh, who really doesn't care who inhales their secondary smoke, is going to be reading a PSA from Kathy Crime Wave Holcomb and say, you know something, I really should be more tolerant. Maybe I'll go into a bubble and smoke it there. Showing that these Democratic candidates can't even answer a question that's relative to Democrats, Republicans, independents, apolitical. These are people who obviously are bothered by the secondary smoke. Even people who were in favor of the legalization of the recreational use of marijuana, which is the law in New York State, the state-licensed uh, stores will open up at the end of the year. But they don't feel that people should be out there and about there smoking their reefer so that others have to inhale the secondary smoke. Seems to make common sense, right? But to uh, these three Democratic candidates, see no evil, speak no evil, hear no evil, they are so out of step with the rest of the population. They couldn't even keep it real. They had to be so politically correct. And... Ultimately, all three couldn't be more hopelessly wrong. 
Puff Puff Pass. Oh, remember? Used to be Tiger Woods number one. Righty. Phil Mickelson. Lefty, number two on the PGA Tour. Who knew that every time Phil Mickelson would win on the PGA Tour, or he would do an advertisement, he'd be the spokesperson for a company, that most of that moolah schmoolah that he was making, those ducats, that cheddar, was going to the fact that he was a degenerate gambler. He couldn't stop himself from gambling. Recently, he acknowledged that he gambled away $44 million. Now, that's just what he acknowledged. I'm sure the IRS, Internal Revenue Service, would say, come on, be honest, you know it was more than $44 million. So what does Phil Mickelson do? Or he decides, man, I need some Saudi Arabian dinars. I don't care that they Khashoggi, their political enemies. I don't care that they violate people's rights. I need the money to gamble. So he signed the contract to leave the PGA and to join this newfound Saudi league that's run by these fake, phony, fraudulent Fugazi princes, right? The house of fraud. When they're in the sands of Saudi Arabia, they have the shmata on their head. Their mustache, your beard, they act like they, they worship in Mecca and Medina. They bow five times a day. No, oofah. When they come to the West, especially New York City, they got those knockoff Armani suits. They're chasing skirts. They're knocking back all kinds of drinks. And they're doing lines of cocaine. That's why I call them fugazis. But they got dinars because of what? Oil. And not olive oil, petroleum from deep in the ground. So they've lured these golfers. And now they got Phil Mickelson. And think of it, Phil Mickelson for a while there, you would see him on TV, he'd be doing these one minute, two minute commercials, claiming he had psoriasis, and then he had arthritis, and Pfizer was paying him. I thought at first, Pfizer, oh, that's like Bob Dole, remember? The former presidential candidate, war hero from World War II, who did the first Pfizer commercial for what? Remember? Oh, that's right. Hmm. To prove that you did not have erectile dysfunction, to prove that, in fact, you can handle yourself in the sack, Viagra. No, this had nothing to do with Viagra. And let me tell you something. Every time I saw that commercial, you'd see Phil Michaels go, four? I no longer have arthritis. I no longer have psoriasis. Now I realize the only reason he did that is he wanted the money. American dollars. He didn't want... No, 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 no. He didn't want any other currency. He didn't want sterling. He didn't want francs. He didn't want Deutschmarks. He didn't want euros. He certainly didn't want rubles. But now he wants the dinars. So he's sitting down in London and he's having to answer questions from a very hostile press corps because remember the journalist Khashoggi from the Washington Post got Khashoggi, got bisected, dissected, chopped and diced and sliced and chemically incinerated. So they were defending their journalists and they said, come on, Phil Mickelson, of all places, you're gonna play for the house of fraud? These guys are killers. They, they violate everybody's rights. If you're an enemy of the state of Saudi Arabia, they give you a poke and a chop. And there was Phil Mickelson stumbling and mumbling, blah, 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 blah. you gotta understand. You know, it's expanding the breadth of golf. Four, you got to understand, don't ever believe anything I say because I'm a degenerate go uh, golfer. Four, I gamble like John Daly did. 
and you believed him for a while, and he'd hit the ball 400 yards right down, right down the fairway. Four. And so he hid behind the fact that at one time he was a number two golf player in America, right behind Tiger Woods. But it's all about the money. As uh, Wu-Tang Clan says, cash money rules the world. And for Phil Mickelson, who owes a vic to so many mobsters choking on their lobsters in Vegas, there's no doubt he needs those dinaros to pay off that big. That's why he sold out America. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Let me tell you about a story of Nolan Gogo Gonzalez. Go, 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 because he lists on his LinkedIn profile that he is a professional booster, a shoplifter. But he only goes for high-end stuff. He loves Macy's. He loves Tommy Hilfiger. And he's been busted over 40 times. He's a predicate offender. He loves the Macy's at Herald Square, 34th Street, the largest department store in America. But... When he has to, you know, he'll jump on the train, the R train, right there at 34th Street, Herald Square, and go out to Macy's on Queens Boulevard in Woodhaven. And he's a shoplifter deluxe. They got his pictures at every Macy's. He comes in, they have photo identification, facial recognition. They see him coming, and when he comes in, he goes, look, I'm just here to loot. I don't shoot. And so what happened recently is Macy's, because that's all he targeted was Macy's, they did exactly what casinos do in Vegas or in Atlantic City. Let's say you come in and you're playing cards and you count cards, which I think is legal, because remember, the house the house always has the advantage. But if they catch you or they think you're counting cards, you're banned in perpetuity from not only that casino, let's say it's Harris or the Trop or Borgata in Atlantic City, you abandoned all the casinos, no matter where they are, Pennsylvania, it could be in Connecticut, Las Vegas, you're banned in perpetuity, lifetime banned. Now, Macy's took out an order that said if he was to ever walk into a Macy's again, they could cuff him, Daniel. That's exactly what they did. And he got locked up with what? In his Alvin Bragg swag bag at 34th and Herald, Tommy Hilfiger. So he got serious charges at the at the Midtown South Precinct, largest precinct in the city. And then he was cut loose on a violation. Petty larceny by who? The turn him loose friend of all criminals, shoplifters and boosters, Alvin Bragg. Well, let me tell you about the old Macy's and you know how different it was. They've always had shoplifting problems. If you went into the top floor, they actually had a jail. A jail larger than Midtown South, the largest precinct in the city, just two blocks west. And they had more shoplifters that the house detectives would put in there, lock them up, and wait for the police to come and book them, and then they'd be arraigned. And then at night, when they closed the store, they would release Doberman pinches on every floor. So that if you secured yourself a little spot in some nook, cranny, and corny, because Macy's was very old, you couldn't come out until 
the store detectives opened up the store the very next day at 7 a.m. because these dobies would come at you with a vengeance. So Macy's had it down pat. They knew that they were a shoplifter's delight. They knew that the store detectives had a facial profile of every shoplifter who would come to Macy's, not only the local yokels, the dope fiends, those who wanted to sell it out on the street or throw it up on eBay. They knew that there were shoplifters coming in from overseas, especially from Colombia and Venezuela, where they were very proficient at doing that. But can you imagine you've secured your way into Macy's at night? You think the coast is clear. You were gonna walk through the aisles, shoplift, and then bolt out the door when they opened up at 7 a.m. And then all of a sudden you're looking at a pack of hungry Doberman pinches who are looking at you like you got pork chop pants on. <laughs> the old way was the best way with Macy's. Now they have to fold like a cheap camera because shoplifters and boosters rule. In the Manhattan DA's office of Turn Him Loose Alvin Bragg, all he does to you is give you another Alvin Bragg swag bag to go on a looting spree, and they beg you, please don't shoot, just loot. Okay. And now it's time for a little cultural infusion on the Curtis News Network. It isn't all just politics. It isn't all just drama, crime. It's a lot of cultural infusion, too, and what better way to come to the Great White Way, although not Broadway, but off-Broadway, than Sesame Street. How many of you watching right now raised your kids on Sesame Street? I know I was forced to do it. I didn't want to. But my oldest son, Anthony, he wanted to see Sesame Street. My middle son, Carter, oh, I got to watch Sesame Street. And then, of course, there's my youngest son, Hunter, oh, I got to see Sesame Street. So what do you do? You get nag, nag, nag. You have to sit there and watch Sesame Street with your kids. Now, interesting because now I can conflate the cultural with the political. Remember all those years, eight years of Umiserabo was like Les Miserables. To the barricades for us because our city was falling apart as uh, Comrade Bill de Blasio, the part-time mayor, uh, the, uh, <laughs> the slacker from Park Slope, decided to take a Miley Cyrus wrecking ball to the city that we love. You remember that? His nickname was Big Bird. Why? Because Bill de Blasio looked like Big Bird. I remember Bo Dieter when he was running against him. The second time Bill de Blasio sought to be reelected, and unfortunately, schmucks and putzes that we were, uh, we're like uh, masochists. We just wanted more pain. And Bo Dieter tagged him with the name Big Bird. And he was wherever de Blasio would campaign, Big Bird would follow. So Big Bird, number one, second and none, reminds me of the man who now wants to go to Washington as a congressman and complete the job of destroying the city and destroying the, the country. Now, who will be there at the grand opening when they cut the blue ribbon first night? Well, the swagger man who's got no plan, you know that's what Eric Adams does best. He'll come with some crazy outfit on, the paparazzi will be there, click, 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 click. He'll walk the red uh, carpet while people are being mowed down in the streets in New York City. He'll be oblivious to that. And remember, he's turned out to be de Blasio 2.0. Look at his uh, acceptability at 29%. De Blasio never went that low. But to Sesame Street itself, how great it would be to figure out 
who the characters are, who would fit Cookie Monster. Who would play Cookie Monster? You know what the cost of Oreos is now because of Biden inflation? They have shrinkage on the packages. They don't have as many Oreos. The Oreos are smaller. They don't have double stuffed Oreo cookies. No. Who would be the Cookie Monster? And then, of course, of course there's Bert, and there's Grover and Ernie. And Kermit the Frog, who would be Kermit the Frog? The coquille, as they would say in Puerto Rico, as we are now upon the cusp of the annual Puerto Rican Day Parade, where they used to have the coquille, the little frog on the flag. And then Oscar the Grouch. Hey, that could be any one of our politicals out there. They're always so grouchy and so mean. I'll get you, my little pretty. And then, of course, there's Count Von Count. And for all of those out there like me who failed arithmetic, at times, you would rather have your Count Chocula cereal than your Count Von Count. And then, of course, there was Abby Cadabby. I always thought Abby Cadabby had a hack license and didn't know where to go, like most folks with hack licenses in New York City. So give me an opportunity to rewrite the script. I'll give you a Sesame Street that stars Big Bird, a.k.a. Comrade Bill de Blasio, and all the cast of characters, and it wouldn't be off-Broadway. It would be right on the Great White Way Broadway where it should have been and needs to be.